The following podcast you're about to listen to is brought to you by the Push Start Media Network, where everything you do in life begins with Push and Start. of the Sport Your Enthusiasm podcast. I am your humble host, Bryce Benjamin, along with my co-host, Mr. Ed Ruder in the building. What is good, my dude? Well, this week I have the luxury of saying that there are so many things that are good because several several things that are good. I mean, first and foremost, let's just talk about me a little bit here as as, a big sports fan, but also a, a gamer. And as a gamer, Whew, we got some hot times right now. We've got the the Xbox, uh, the new Xbox launch today. Yes, sir. Uh, the new the PS5 coming out soon. Uh, a lot of my favorite games are are dropping pretty soon. Games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out today. Haven't had a chance to play yet. Uh, for for my role playing nerds, we've got World of Warcraft dropping an expansion soon. And wow, from the world of gaming, I'm I'm excited right now. A lot of cool stuff going on there. And then of course, Bryce. I don't know if you heard anything about it. I mean, it's kind of been dominating the news a little bit, but there's this thing called an election that happened recently. What, what do you think of that? Yo, Trump can't let it go. <laughs> he's he's he got go. he's got an issue letting it go. He's got to listen. He's got to do. He's got to go watch Frozen. You beat me to it, you motherfucker. Listen to, listen to Elsa's advice, man. You can sing it though, because I'm not going to sing it. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> you might get copyrighted for that. Uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get removed from the air, right? <laughs> Yeah, bro. I was I'd be on Twitter and uh he's just firing them off, man. He's just retweeting videos of you know the GOP just keeps saying, Oh, man, this election is rigged, and uh we're gonna take this to court, and um, you know, we're just gonna have a second Trump administration. And I'm just like, bro, it's over, Trump. It's okay, man. You lost, it's okay. Everybody lose. Like we talk about sports in sports. Typically, nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, there's a winner, there's a loser. All right? Sometimes it's a tie, but in majority of cases, it's a winner and a loser. And when the NFC East plays, it's just all losers. But that's fine. I get get where you're going with this, yeah. And uh, yeah, man, you know, we hey, listen, you had your four years. You got in. We wasn't happy about it. A lot of us wasn't happy about it in 2016 when you won. But hey, it is what it is. It happened. And then uh, four years later, the people decided that uh, we don't want you again. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, it, it hurts. I've been there. I've been not wanted before. It hurts. I get it. But, uh, are tough. Hey, I'll tell you what. The last word that I'm going to say on it, because we could we could literally spend hours talking about politics or the election in general. But what I will say why it's a perfect tie into sports is because I've always said one of my favorite things in, in particular about youth sports and why it's so important for, for kids to be involved in, in, if not sports, and at least some kind of group activities, right? You know, where it's competitive is because you need to learn how to lose. And, and this man just never learned how to lose and that's why he's he's got in in weird space now and he can't admit it and i don't know you know 
teach your kids, anyone who's listening that has kids, teach your kids how to win with dignity and how to lose with dignity, because this is the kind of mess you see yourself in when, when you don't learn that lesson young. Yeah, pretty much. But hey, you know, it's entertaining. Okay, I'll, 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 I mean, right now, actually, it's kind of getting pathetic, but whatever, whatever, whatever. We'll move forward, man. We'll see what happens. Uh, congratulations to President-elect Joe Biden and um, the first African-American and also female Vice President Kamala Harris. Congratulations to those two. And uh, yeah, hats off. All right, moving on, man. Um, kind of wanted to talk a little bit of baseball with you, Reuter. Love it. I love it. We're here in the middle of November and you're talking about baseball. I can't wait. Yeah, you know, football is week 10. We, you know, we'll talk about that and everything of that nature there. But I, I want to discuss a little baseball with you. So um, free agency is going to be starting up soon. And a couple of news, a couple of, couple of uh, uh, notes. First of all, your Cleveland Indians and your best player, uh, Lindor, is looking like uh, he may be on the move this offseason, man. I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that and uh, any idea of where he'll potentially be playing next season. I know that's that's your guy. I know that's like your your, your favorite player in sports right now, but uh, the floor is yours, man. Take, 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 talk to me. Okay. All right. So, yeah, for, yeah, I'm glad you said that that's my guy because that's essentially like my Lamar Jackson. That's my – you know, bullware. That's my uh, Ray Lewis. That's my guy, right? So, uh, for me, it's interesting. I've I've got mixed emotions on it because the sad part is if if we weren't going to win, which it didn't seem like we were going to in baseball, there's a there's kind of an odd mechanic that takes place where you kind of have to dump these players uh, when you know your team isn't good. And the problem, the the holding pattern that the Indians got in since their World Series visit was that they were good but not great. Right. And I think when you're good, but not great in baseball, you can fool yourself into thinking that you're something that you're not. And uh, what I was actually an advocate for was if they were going to move him. And I'm saying this as one of his biggest fans, that they should have moved him far sooner than they did, because even even though now he's going to be a good value, uh, it sounds as though he's going to be traded this offseason, which means that the team that picks him up will have a full year of control. So that's huge in the baseball world because that means that he's not, you know, maybe just a rental for half a season or a rental for the last couple of months for a playoff push, but you're going to have him for a full year of control, uh, which is nice. Now, with that being said, they could have traded him last year and gotten an absolute haul. I'm talking multiple multiple either draft picks or young prospects uh, that are high up in someone's farm system. Now with one year of control, that's still nice, but it, it's not going to be that same haul that they would have gotten uh, had it been done a little bit earlier. So very heavy heart to say that, you know, trading him's probably the right option and they probably should have done it before the season ended last year. Uh, with that being said, I think the, the second part of your question was where he might end up. And I am not you know, uh, an insider necessarily. I don't have any, you know, crazy connections. Francisco is still not returning my calls personally. So that you know, bastard, that's, that's, that's annoying. Right. I mean, the I guy know. just doesn't answer me, but I mean, come on, um, bro. <laughs> come on, man. I'm your biggest fan. You don't, you don't answer fans. I feel like singing stand to him right now at Eminem song. Like, come on, man. I just think it's <laughs> fucked up that you don't answer fans, you know? But um, hey, man, as long as I don't turn on the news and see, oh, uh, some guy drew a 95 on the throughway, drunk, <laughs> just girl, I just drank a fifth of, fifth of vodka, dare me to drive. Oh, no, um, no. So um, the rumor has it that he is going to either go to the Mets 
uh, who can certainly afford him uh, as a uh, team with a fairly large budget there um, that have been known to go after free agents in the past. Um, but other than that, I would say uh, the other rumor that I've heard is Toronto, which I think would be pretty cool. Uh, I've always liked Toronto. I think he would fit in very well with a host of young players. Uh, Toronto, of course, is the team that's known for, uh, at this moment, having a ton of former MLB players' sons on this team, including Vlad Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio, uh, and uh, Dante Bichette's son uh, as well. So I think it's a cool, a cool place for him to go. Those are the two big teams that I've heard attached to him. Of course, everyone also thinks the Yankees, because the Yankees tend to make a splash and, of course, have tons of money to throw around. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's where it stands as of today. It looks like either, uh, the Yankees Mets, So, you know, somewhere in New York or Toronto. So maybe if, uh, you know, I can hang on to my fandom with this guy, he, he won't necessarily be going so far away that I can't go see him play somewhere. So that, that might not be so bad. That'd be dope if he went to Toronto. That's a shorter drive than Cleveland. Yeah, Hour man. I, th- I think that'd be pretty cool. He'd fit right in with that infield. You know, Vlad Guerrero, uh, you know, to his left, and, or to, I guess to his right, <laughs> um, uh, but to our uh, our left there at third base and, uh, you know, Biggio in the infield, I think, uh, you know, could be pretty could be pretty cool. Um, I wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, sad to see him go, of course, one of my favorites of all time, but... Uh, you know, it's time time to move on. And if, if Cleveland doesn't want to pay him, I think the guy should go get paid, you know? So that's what it is. Like Cleveland, because I was about to ask you that question. Why, why are they trying to get rid of their best player? Is it because they don't want to pay him the money he deserves? Uh, I mean, essentially, yeah. I mean, the way, the way it's going, it looks as though it's going to be probably a $300 million contract. And the Indians just are not going to pay that when you're a smaller market team, you know, in baseball, one of the big things to talk about is that there's no salary cap, right? So one of the hardest things when you're constructing a roster is that if you're a smaller market team, you're going to be competing with those teams that have virtually unlimited budgets. Uh, How it works is if you go over a certain amount, uh, what happens there is you end up paying a luxury tax. Um, But that's not really a deterrent necessarily, uh, so baseball the, has no hard cap. You guys have it's a soft cap. Soft cap with yeah, uh, basically a tax that where okay. any of the money that's spent over that goes to the smaller market team. So no hard cap. So if you want, which the you know if you take a look at some of the past division winners and playoff making teams, you see it's year after year after year lately. It's the teams that can go and afford to spend and pick up all of the big. Uh, free agents. So that's your Yankees, the Dodgers, uh, you know, um, a lot of times St. Louis, uh, et cetera. But um, that's just a sad reality of Cleveland baseball. That's why they kind of go through a cycle about every 10 years where for, you know, uh, a four or five year period where they can't compete and bring in top notch talent off free agency, they they tend to have higher draft picks. Uh, they cultivate a winning team from within through their farm system. It takes them a while, right? But uh, then they put it together where all these young players that they've kind of put together kind of coalesce at the same time and end up doing some damage, making the playoffs, taking a run even at the World Series like we saw a couple of years back. But that, <laughs> then what happens is some of these players then make a name for themselves and want to get paid, and we simply can't afford to continue to pay them. And those players move on, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> move on elsewhere. And we end up uh, right back where we started and drafting high again. Bro, that is so 
ass, man. I don't like that. Because, like, I just see this dude going to the Yankees. Like, somehow, somewhere, they're just going to get him. And I'm just tired of, like, this happening. Like, these, these teams just poach, like, the best players from the smaller teams. Like, it happens in every, like, baseball and in basketball, too. Like, I hate it. Like, I hate it. It's this... It's so annoying. And it's always those those typical teams like the Yankees, like the Lakers, like, you know what I'm saying? Just, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to get this player after he spent years and years of developing his skills. And now he's a ultra, uh, ultra, uber talented player. Now we're going to sign him and take him away from you. And man, it's. Ah. So you'll, you'll see that a lot with players in the the career path is eerily similar for a lot of the top name players in baseball. Uh, they'll start off and they'll play through their rookie contract, which, uh, you know, unfair to the players there too, you know, based on service time and things like that, the uh, MLB owners can choose to keep players down in the minor leagues longer and bring them up halfway through a season to have an extra year of control on their contracts. So there's things that are kind of grimy that already happened to players right out of the gate from their rookie contract. So you'll see these players. Let, let's just take a you know a very famous player like Alex Rodriguez, for example. He started off with Seattle. Uh, he ended up moving, uh, moving over to uh, Texas for a brief period of time. Um, and actually, let me think about that for one moment. Um, well, A-Rod? A-Rod, yeah, because... Um, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I paused on that for a moment. Did you ever? Did you ever make yourself pause on something for a second that like just sounded wrong? Like when a word just sounds wrong coming out yeah, of your mouth. Yeah, uh, that, like- that, that's what I just did there. Uh, but yes, in fact, he did um, play for Seattle first. He came up with the Mariners. He went on to play for Texas for a very brief period of time uh, after he was moved. And then ultimately went on to play the rest of his career out with the Yankees. So you'll see the, a player play out a a rookie deal, oftentimes be traded to a team that's hot at the time, and then move on to a big market team where oftentimes these uh, these teams overpay for their services. Uh, because at that point, a player is already 29 or 30 years old. They've moved on to uh, you know the back half of their career where baseball players, you know, sometimes they get to that 32, 33-year-old age season, and they're not the same player that they were. But um, yeah, it's tough, man. You'll see that all the time. Play out a rookie deal, move to a team for a year as they're traded, and then you know, play out the twilight of their career as an overpaid player for a big market team. And that, you know, you could go through just lists of hundreds of players that have taken that path. And it's kind of sad that that's the way uh these things shake out in the MLB. Yeah, that shit is corny, bro. But hey, man. that's why you just you just don't see that in other sports, right? I mean, there's there's not a lot of sports where you see that happen, and that's because of the you 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 nailed it perfectly. There's a you know a soft cap, uh, whereas in other sports there's a hard cap, and I think that's a much better system. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope it worked out for your boys, man. That's all I can say. Um, oh, I, th- I think we're done, buddy. I think that uh, that, that I know. I and I <laughs> I don't mean that just because my favorite player is gone. I, I say that because I think that that's you know the kind of the cycle. That's the the way we're heading. Uh, I don't think that you can replace a guy like that at all. I think it's impossible. But beyond that, I think that just signals to the rest of the team that we're not interested in creating a winner, right? And I I think that's a shame. And uh, it's gonna be very tough to bounce back from that for a few years. Not to mention the fact. And I'm rambling now, but the, bro, the, I feel your pain right now. I want to give I just, you a hug. I, I feel I just, the pain. I feel like when, 
voice. Like when, like when the Ravens got COVID, that's what I'm going to feel like yes. for a whole year with this Indians team. Yes, I <laughs> so, feel it. So my last words on it, I promise, is that we also see that the Twins and White Sox uh, are getting much better around them as well. So that's kind of the cycle that those smaller market teams have gone through recently, right? Uh, you have the White Sox and Twins who were at the bottom of the division for years and years, and finally some of their prospects are starting to come together, and uh, they're going to have a three- to four-year window before some of their uh bigger stars move on to the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers. So uh, it should be an interesting, interesting couple of years in baseball. Baseball is so fucked up, man. The uh, the Mayhew, the Mayhew, damn. Say that three times fast. That's a tough one. He is so many, so many vowels there, right? He is so many vowels. Why so many vowels? Uh, he's opting out. Well, He's not accepting the uh, the tenure from the Yankees, 18.9 million. He's turning it down. He's going to become a free agent. I mean, any chance that New York lets him escape? See, that that was a weird one to me because I thought for sure they would do whatever it took to keep him uh, because he's been just uh, an absolute amazing player for them. He's someone who was kind of an afterthought. Um, they wasn't. They weren't even sure if he was going to get playing time. I mean, this is a guy that had won a batting title before, but as the rich get richer, he was kind of just an extra piece that included uh, extra piece of the puzzle that already included guys like Glaber Torres and some other young studs there. Uh, but it turned out that he was just absolutely a revelation. He was, you know, as good as it gets for them. And to see him walking away from there is is bizarre to me. Uh, I'm wondering if it's not, you know, turning down like that. I think you said it was a you know some kind of a tender. If there's not a way to bring him in restructured, or in some other way to maybe reduce the cost or maybe a more team friendly contract, and they bring him back somehow. But um, interesting to see him want to walk away because you'd think he he's found some good success there. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. I, I mean, they they're the Yankees, right? They they're going to pay him. They would pay him whatever he pretty much wants. I would assume, right? Yeah, absolutely. And he was he was a fan favorite uh, game after game last year. You heard chance of MVP every time he came up to the plate. So this is definitely a player they're interested in, in coming after. It may just be that they want to restructure the deal because if, it, if let's say there was one year left on it and it goes through the courts for arbitration or otherwise, you know, they'd be locked into that one year deal. It's very possible that they're trying to restructure for, um, you know, for a longer deal or something like that. But uh, the fact that he turned it down and they made it kind of public that way, normally that comes with some kind of a disclaimer that says, well, he turned it down, but, you know, they're looking to restructure or something like that. So to not hear that yet is is a little bit weird, but I, I have a feeling, a strong feeling that he'll end up in a Yankees uniform, unless, of course, they plan on sliding Glaber over. And like you said, picking up Francisco Lindor. So, I mean, that's very possible as well. Mm, interesting interesting glaber uh, torres uh played his best baseball at second base because uh, he's just not a natural shortstop he's not very good defensively over there so uh you could see that you know lemayhu who's now in his 30s would probably be a guy that they'd let walk over a a younger talent like glaber so okay we'll see all right man interesting off-season baseball news i like it yeah man Hey, let's talk some football. Let's do it. So um, we were talking about Tua and his performance against L.A. And, uh, you know, he was a little skeptical, you know, just a little bit. 
And I was like, yo, Ruder, man, you know, I think there was a game plan. Give him a, give him a couple of weeks. I think you're going to see what this kid can produce. All right. We see him go head to head with Kyler Murray. We've seen him ultimately win against the Cardinals. And look at the stat line, 20 for 28, 248 yards, two touchdowns, a couple of scrambles in there, 35 yards. And I pose this question to you, Ruder. Are you feeling more comfortable? Are you feeling more excited? Are you feeling better about Tua Tunga Vailoa? I'm certainly feeling better than I did after week one. After week one, it was an odd mix. He he looked a little uncomfortable at first. It was his first start. I suppose it's, you know, to be expected. Maybe I read too much into that. But again, I was nervous, man. I'm a pessimist. So he looked he looked a little small out there. He looked he didn't look super athletic. Uh, it didn't look as though the the coaching staff, who I love under Brian Flores, just allowed him to completely open up, right? It wasn't something where they said, all right, here it is. We're putting a quarterback who had been playing very well and Ryan Fitzpatrick on the bench because we just can't hold this kid back anymore. We got to let him loose, right? That was my feeling with Mahomes, right? The Chiefs were like, we can't keep this guy on the bench anymore. Uh, and he's he's got to be our starter. With Tua, it just didn't seem that way to me. It didn't seem as though the Dolphins were ready to unleash him on the world. Uh, now, with that being said, the game script in his first game, they they got out because of their defense and special teams. They got out to a big lead early, and just he kind of had to sit on it. I will say he looked a little bit more dynamic in this game. He made some very nice throws. Uh, he looked comfortable in the pocket. Uh, not that Arizona necessarily makes you really uncomfortable in the pocket as a team, but uh, he looked good. He looked good, and he outdueled a, a very decent team. And you got to be happy with where this team's going if you're a Dolphins fan. That was a hell of a game, too. I was watching this game on Red Zone, and um, yeah, every time like uh, they was tuning into us, you know, somebody was scoring. It was Kyler scoring, two was scoring, Kyler scoring, Kyler scoring, two was scoring. It was it was back and forth throughout the whole game, and you guys finally were able to take control in the fourth quarter and ultimately pull ahead. So come from behind victory, first of all. Let's talk about that. You know, that's very impressive for a young quarterback to be able to lead his team to a come from behind victory in the fourth quarter. And uh, he looked really good. He looked sharp. Like the throws was there. The iron strength was there. I was listening to a lot of different like uh, podcasts and radio stations saying that, uh, oh, yeah, you know, the arm looked weak and he got sort of like a noodle arm and he, he looks like he wasn't ready for the moment. And I'm like, yo, he's going up against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, like two of the premier defenders in this league. Um, they make like fucking 10 year veterans look like shit. So he's a rookie and, you know, they won the game. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give him a couple more weeks before I cast like any type of final judgments on him. And um, like he looked like the quarterback we've seen at Alabama. He looked like the the, the consensus number one overall pick before he got hurt. And um, I think the Dolphins, I think you guys are set at quarterback. Like a lot of people were saying that you guys put him in there to see what he has to see if, uh, okay, maybe you guys use that Houston pick to go and get a, a different quarterback moving forward. But now, and we're just two games into it. So, you know, I don't want to, uh, you know, crown him just yet. You know, if you don't crown him, crown the asses. But um, <laughs> he looks like it. He looks like him. He he looks good, man. I, I like what I've seen from him. I really did. And, uh, yeah, I, if I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, if I'm you, Rooter, man, like you, you got your tour jersey? Did you cop one yet? I didn't yet. I didn't yet, man. But uh, I, I'm going get to one. at some point. He seems to, he seems to be – seems to be the guy right now. So um, I just, I love love where the team's heading. I love where the team's heading. I love that. 
Uh, Brian Flores has done an amazing job. They play, they might play harder than any team that I've watched on every facet of the game. They're out there looking to bust heads. They, they really play for this guy. And, you know, if two is the missing piece there, I love it. I think they're still a year or two away because I think they need a couple pieces on defense and that offensive line is still terrible. So uh, they're a project, but I'm super optimistic. Mm, you know what? I'm going to wait. I know you, you know what? I know it's official for you when you officially buy a Tua jersey. That That's like the ring on the <laughs> finger. Like, I, that's what I know somebody is all in on their quarterback is when they get their jersey. You know, you have so to forgive me with Miami quarterbacks. It's, it's been a bit of a, I, listen, I get a bit it, of right. a struggle. It's been a, it's been a rough, it's been a rough, uh, I mean, 20 years for you yeah. guys. So, yeah, man. Since, ever since Dan Marino's gone, we haven't really had that number one consensus awesome quarterback. So, Hopefully this kid's the answer. We shall see. All right, man, what game you want to touch on? Well, I think one, maybe it's some recency bias here, but uh, how about that Sunday night game? Uh, that was just a debacle and an absolute shock to me uh, to see how bad the New Orleans Saints just came and gave it to, to Tampa Bay. Uh, this Tampa Bay team, the, the wild inconsistency where sometimes they look like a true Super Bowl contender when they're firing on all cylinders. And then other times they can just look like a team that's just bad. Like they're not a good football team. And that is very surprising from a Bruce Arians coach team and very surprising from a Tom Brady led team. Cause that, you know, consistency has kind of been Tom Brady's brand. Right. So to see this was, was very interesting to me. And, uh, Kind of, kind of surprised that it went down that way. I, I think the Saints look really good. Of course, they're a good team, and you know maybe this one just got away from Tampa Bay a little bit. But I was interested to hear your thoughts on on that game. Um, I love the fact that Jameis got into the game, threw one pass, got a completion for twelve yards, and then ate a W on, on live on camera twice. <laughs> that was so perfect. Shout out to Jameis, man. I'm glad he's able to do that. Yeah, uh, I think you kind of. Hit the nail on the head, bro. Um, I don't know what to make of this Tampa Bay team. Like, you go out, they destroy Green Bay one week. They struggle against the Giants the next week. They get destroyed by the Saints the, the following week after that. Uh, Tom Brady looked like week one Tom Brady. And I think it's more of a of a, the Saints defense has him figured out. Um, They was just bringing the heat, bro. Like, they just, like... The, the Buccaneers completely abandoned a running game, right? They had, what, between all of their running backs, they had five carries total. No, I'm sorry, four carries total for the running backs for nine <laughs> yards. And a kneel down, if I'm not mistaken. That is ridiculous. Like, you didn't run the ball whatsoever. You got Brady old ass throwing 38 times. He threw three interceptions, and uh, he looked terrible. He was just throwing up, just, just throwing shit up. Like that, that third interception he had, like, I'm like, what was that? Like, I'm like, ew, like you're, you're, you've been in the league for 20 years. You know, better not to make that throw. I don't know what that was. They rattled him. They got to him. They hit him. They hit him a lot. Um, like the, there was a one, the Trey Henderson, Hendrickson, he's had, he sacked him three straight times. Like, and one of them got called back because of a uh, def- defensive penalty, but he got to him three, uh, three straight times. The offensive line didn't protect him. He didn't look sharp. Um, and they were just out coached and outplayed in every facet of the game. The Saints got their number. The Saints has Tampa Bay number. 
And right now they're looking like the favorites to win that NFC South. We'll see how it plays out. You know, there's, they got a, a half a game, a game and a half league over Tampa Bay now at this point. Right. So we'll see what happens, bro. They swept them. But uh, yeah, Tampa Bay did not look good, bro. Antonio Brown didn't do shit. Really? Mike Evans got locked up by Marshawn Lattimore. It was all bad across the board. All bad. Absolutely. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm a Tampa Bay fan, I feel like shit right now. <laughs> yeah, like, I'd be, I feel like legit dookie. I'd, I'd be real nervous. And I, I think the one last thing that I want to say about this game is I think uh, you said it perfectly when you said that the big problem there is that, uh, you know, getting Tom Brady's number seems to be just coming straight at him full speed ahead. He just does not seem to, if there's ever been a weakness to his game, it's incredibly strong pass rushes he, he's not mobile uh never really has been and i think we saw in the super bowls that's what the giants were able to do and you know if you make him uncomfortable it's especially at this stage in his career i think that's the path to beating tampa bay uh and uh they 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 absolutely figured it out there in in new orleans these old quarterbacks can't move and you see it like drew Brees. like the saints aren't asking drew Brees to hold the ball for more than a half a second a second and a half in the pocket he's dropping back two three step uh step drops and just getting out of his hands and um it's quick slants it's it's dig routes it's uh you know it's no vertical routes really like they don't do vertical routes it's check downs they're getting the ball out of his hands because they know he can't move and they know that if you send a heavy pass rush at him you can more than likely get to him Tampa Bay, they're running too many vertical routes. That's and that's Arians' offense. Like we, he's been like this since as long as I can remember watching football. I've seen it in Arizona, Pittsburgh, um, and Tampa Bay. He wants to throw the ball down the field. He got these big ass receivers, and now he has Antonio Brown. But Tom Brady, at this is a man's age, we've seen it in New England. He was at his best when he's able to be in shotgun catch and quick strikes, and they don't do a lot of that in Tampa Bay. And I think they need to do more of that moving forward to maximize him and their their talent honestly so yeah we'll see what happens moving forward with that team but like you said bro they are a very polarizing team and i don't really know how to feel about them moving forward um yeah i'm sorry you had something else no no i was just interested to see what other what other games you wanted to touch on here how about seattle getting their the fucking their their feathers plucked (laughs) against (laughs) buffalo I mean, the score was 34-44. It was not that close. It was not that close. Buffalo beat the shit out of this team. Josh Allen did whatever the hell he wanted to do against that Seattle defense, and they should be fucking embarrassed. And I'm not saying that Josh Allen, he's been hell of, he's been a really, really good quarterback this season. I give him all the credit, um, but he just lit them up. Like He did like literally anything that he wanted to do. 415 yards passing, three touchdowns. It's like they, I'm like, come on! Seattle's defense is this bad, bro. Like I, they, I don't know if I can list Seattle as a legit contender because of how bad their defense is. Russell Wilson cannot win shootout after shootout after shootout every single game out there. He can't do it. You got to give some type of defensive support to help this man. And I mean, Russell Wilson—they played the greatest game. You know, 390 yards, two touchdowns, but he had four inter- uh, four turnovers, two interceptions, and two fumbles. You can't have that, man. Like Seattle's defense, oh my God, all season long. And then this build, this, this, this game was just a capper on that, man. I uh, it's tough. It was tough. It was tough. If I'm a Seattle fan again, I feel like shit right now coming into week 10, bro. My favorite thing that you said is just that I don't think they can be a serious contender either. A lot, a lot of the pundits still have this team as like a top, 
you know, a top five team or a, a top six or seven team in the league. And I, you just, you can't put them there. Uh, it's something like the first, first team in NFL history to start the first nine weeks of the season, having both scored and given up more than 23 points per game or, or 23 points in every game, I guess I should say. And uh, yeah, it, just opposing offenses can just score at will on Seattle. And the only reason they've been, as successful as they've been so far with their win-loss record is because of Russell Wilson and, and that offense, in, in particular that passing offense. Um, think about this. Uh, they lost 44 to 34. Obviously, they gave up a ton of points to the Bills, uh, who looked great. I'm not taking anything away from them, but Seattle's defense is historically bad. Uh, and then also, they managed to put up 34 points of their own despite turning the ball over four times on – actual turnovers and a fifth if you count a stop on fourth down yeah so uh that's a scary scary offense and i just think that eventually you're going to run into teams in the playoffs that are going to be able to uh either outduel you right in the big shootouts kind of like buffalo did or just you know put uh put russell wilson on his back a couple times and, and then as every team's done score at will on them so this is a team that i'm not you know, if I'm a Seattle fan, I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited. They're fun to watch. They're maybe the most fun to watch team with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Um, even Moore is a very good receiver, David Moore. And obviously they're, they're letting Russ cook, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not super optimistic about my team's chances for a deep playoff run this year. <clears throat> yeah. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. And, and um, I mean, even in that division, like they may not even win that division, honestly, because they got the Cardinals and Rams. The Cardinals already beat them once. And uh, the Rams are right on their tail as well. So that's going to be interesting to see how that one ultimately plays out. All right. What you got next? I disagree. Uh, the, the last one I really wanted to touch on uh, for me is, uh, well, I, you, you might have seen where I was heading here already. You, you might already know my sneaky favorite team of 2020, those Minnesota Vikings uh, beat up on, on the Lions 34 to 20. And they just kind of had the game handily, just all game. Uh, this, I'm telling you, this is a team that can win. They, they've got some deficiencies on defense, but I just feel like with with that running game and a quarterback and coach that have a history of, you know, they've won playoff games. This is a team that could do some damage. I, I know you've you've scoffed at me in the past about this team. They're at three and five right now. They're in trouble. But if there's a team that's poised, if you had to ask me one team, if you said Ed co-host of the year who is the one team that has a losing record right now in the nfl that you think could somehow make a playoff run absolutely without a doubt i'm saying minnesota uh because they they've got all the pieces they've got a defense that can show up sometimes they have probably who's been the most dynamic and athletic running back in the league and delvin cook who all the props to him he's running for you know 200 yards a game they're just feeding this guy the rock and they've got my man primetime kirk so uh, that's the game I wanted to talk about here. I think the Lions are a mess, of course, but primetime Kirk, man, he's it's what it's all about. Oh boy! No, man, don't you, don't you, you avoid that. Don't you, you avoid that. Good man, you are good. You need to like get on their marketing team and go and sell the, their products, because, bro, you're I like I applaud you. I really do. I you do it every week, and I applaud you. They're and, selling it. They're selling themselves. I don't have to sell them. No, no, no. Yes. 
No, no. They won no. by double digit touchdowns. Two touchdowns they won by. 14 first, points. First of all, this team should be called the Minnesota Dalvins at this point because he's literally carrying his team to victories. Uh, what he has done over the last two weeks is remarkable. Like you said, like over 500 yards like of total offense and like what, six, six touchdowns or some crazy shit right now? He is going nuts. I, he's been excellent, but they they had Kirk Cousins throw the ball upwards of 20 times last game. Okay, so 20 times they asked Kirk to throw the ball, and he completed most of them. So he he's fine. Kirk Cousins played well, but Kirk Cousins doesn't play that well if Dalvin Cook doesn't have the games that he's having. All right, let's let's call it what it is. Let's be honest here. Play action works wonders when you got a running back that's going fucking 10 yards a, a, a pop. Every time he touches the ball, he's getting a first down damn near. Like, come on, Reuter. The glory of this is that I don't have to be honest. <laughs> Whatever I want. And I want to say that these Vikings are going to make the playoffs. You They're going to make the playoffs? They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to go on a run. This is a good team. This is a good team. You know what? Hitting in some bad performances. There's a good team in there somewhere, I'm telling you. We're, we're going there then. Fuck it. All right, so they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know the route yet. I don't nope, know the nope, route nope, yet. Nope, nope, nope. You got to tell me the route. Come on. You Go ahead. Take your time. Figure it okay. out. All right, give me a second here. Right now, they're sitting at – let's check out these wild card playoffs. Let's see where they're sitting right now. Okay. In the NFC. They're sitting 10th right now. Okay. How many teams make the playoffs this year? Seven. Like 10 or 12? How many, how many make it? Seven. Seven no right, East seven. Conference. So they got to make up two games on Arizona, the Rams, Chicago, San Fran. San Fran is injured as hell. They're, they're broken. The Chicago Bears, they've lost a whole bunch in a row. Nick Foles is a, is a backup. They might as well go back to Trubisky. Yeah, right. I said it. And then I, the, Rams, I uh, the, you know, the Rams, I like the Rams because I think I like Jared Goff more than most people. I think, you know, uh, McVay is still a great coach. They, they haven't played their best. They've been a up and down team, very simpler, very similar to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're at five and three. So that's a team that could lose a bunch of games right there. And you overtake the Rams. You're already in, you're already in that top seven, Arizona. I don't trust entirely Tampa Bay. I don't trust entirely. You know, there's not going to be a playoff team out of the NFC East other than the division winner the next closest team is the one that they just beat in Detroit at three and five after those teams. I'm telling you this Minnesota team can make the playoffs. If, if the Rams or if the Rams falter or Arizona falters, I can guarantee you Minnesota makes the playoffs because the bears are on their way down. San Francisco's on their way down. Detroit has no chance. And then you're talking teams like Atlanta and Carolina too wildly inconsistent. Mark my words. You heard it here first. Minnesota's going to the playoffs. All right, so I'm looking at the rest of this schedule. So next week they got uh, Chicago Monday w. night, and then prime time that, Kirk. Are you kidding me? That's a W. Okay, you okay? You can take that all you want. Uh, then they travel, or then they at home against Cowboys. W Cowboys are terrible. Home against the Panthers. Win. Home against the Jaguars. Easy win. This, these are all now. Okay, so I. I, you, you may have caught me in some hyperbole here. This is my stretch opinion that this team can make the playoffs. Can you honestly tell me there's a game on that slate of four that they can't easily win so far? 
playing they, the way they're playing right now. If they're playing the way that Honestly. they're playing, they're playing the way that they're playing right now. They can win all four of those games, and that puts them at seven and five. Bro, I hold, on, right, hold on, hold on, I bet on. you right there that puts them in a playoff spot at that point. A- ain't no fucking way in hell they're about to go win six games in a row. Ain't no fucking way in hell. Why bro. not? Why not? It's, they figured out the. They figured out the. The juice. Kirk Cousins Monday night. They're probably losing to Chicago. They probably beat Dallas. They're probably losing to Carolina, and they probably beat the Jaguars. They probably go two and two at best. You know what? The team that I'm most afraid of on there is the Jaguars because I think they play well against those good teams. I think they look past, you know, Luton and the Jaguars, and that's a game that I'm going to be all boasting about, and uh, they'll probably lose that one for me. But, okay, so in all seriousness, let's say they go three and one there. All right, that puts them at six and six and. Uh, I like how you just what? twisted my word. Six and six. If two and if two. they lose one, those All are right. four very I'll winnable games. Three. I'll give you three. Three and one. wins there. Six so, and six. So and now, one. so now they travel into Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. That's they, a toss up. They, that's a toss up. Come that's okay. On. That's a statement game. That's a big game. That's a game that that could be fighting for their playoff lives right there. Both teams. That's going to be a marquee game. Mark, mark my words. That's a big game in the NFC right there. That might be a battle for a playoff spot. Chicago again, terrible, Saint, easy win. New Orleans at they're New Orleans, lose that, and then <laughs> lose at, that, and then at Detroit, and then they're going to beat Detroit again. They're going to beat the brakes off Detroit again. Those are there's like six winnable games, very winnable games in there, and I bet you they surprise for another one. This team's making the playoffs. Ten and uh, ten, ten and six or nine and seven, and they sneak in. So let's 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 be realistic of what's going to happen. First of all, we Dalvin Cook is about that time and he gets hurt, and it's unfortunate, but it's, let's be realistic. This is what happens: he gets hurt. Okay. So he's going to get hurt soon. Kirk Cousins on Monday night. No, just no. He's going to throw three interceptions. The Chicago Bears are going to win. No, that's not happening. They're not beating Tampa Bay. They're not beating New Orleans. That best at best, they may be able to get to eight and eight. I think they're going to finish seven and nine, six and ten. I don't see it. So what I have two words for you after Dalvin Cook gets hers. They're both proper nouns. Alexander Madison, the kid's nasty also. Also, Justin Jefferson, alliteration aside, the kid is sick with it. He's a beast. They've got Thielen, who's nasty. They've got Kyle, don't call me red-nosed Rudolph, and he is old but good as well. Did you make that up on the And primetime Kirk. I, that was th- I was putting all those things together on the that spot. That was solid. I, I, I commend I, you on that one. That was did solid. what I could there. That's a lot of players that they've got there, even without Delvin Cook. This is a winning, winning team. Bro, I need you to put the purple Kool-Aid down. I drank I Kool-Aid, to, man. I, I drank to... my own Kool-Aid is what I did. I made the Kool-Aid <laughs> and then I drank it. Man, hey, Don't listen. Don't on your own supply, right? I will give you credit. Yo, you, you stick with them. You really do stick with this Vikings team. I got to give credit where credit's due. Here's the thing. They're three and five. They have a losing record right now, but they've covered almost all those games. Have I, have they not? Have they not covered? That's a fact. They've lost close games in bullshit ways and they've lost by single digits. This is a team that's a a fluke play away here or there from already having a winning record. That's that's a fact. That's not a way here. An extra, an extra takeaway in any of those given games that they lost. You take one game and make it different. They're a four and four team right now. Or, I I, or, or if they lose the Green Bay team, uh, team, they're two and two and whatever. They lost, they won two games. Come on. They're, that was a, you can say that was a fluke game. I just, they're just, I just feel it. I have, this is a playoff team. They play like a playoff team. They, they're built like a playoff team. They play tough defense. They get, they're, they're prone to giving up big plays, but they play tough defense. They're well coached and they've got a pound, pound it up your ass running game. I'm telling you, this team can make the playoffs. In an NFC, dude, are you that confident in the Rams 
the Cardinals and Tampa Bay right now? I trust them more than Minnesota. All yes. coming off losses, by the way. I will pick them all day to make the playoffs over Minnesota. Yes. Oh, that's easy when their game's up. That's a hot, <laughs> hot take. <laughs> oh man, I love it though, man. Listen, keep riding with them, bro. This is this is this is your guys. I respect it. Don't make them my guys. Those are just guys. ones. They're not my guys. That's the thing. That's how confident I am in this team. These are not my guys. I'm not a homer. This isn't a team that I love. This is look a how team that I like. right now. You're standing up. You better go throw your Vikings jersey. I don't have a Vikings jersey. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I might get one before this year's over. Might go get you a, a Kirk the Captain Kirk jersey. You like that? Oh boy. Hey man, listen. If they make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I gotta, I gotta get you, I gotta get you something. I might, I might get you a cut. I might get you a uh, Kirk Cousins jersey if they make the playoffs. <laughs> you better. I might have. I'm telling to. you, I could see it. I of course, could, it's gonna be like the Chinese, like thirty dollars one, but I'm gonna get you one. Their schedule is not hard, and they, they play well. <laughs> man, that is tough. Um, all right, man, that's pretty much all I got. That <laughs> I can't believe we spent that much time on the fucking Minnesota Vikings, man. I can't believe we didn't we didn't spend enough time on them. Holy cow. Shout out to Minnesota. Shout out to Vikings Nation. Ruder is rocking with you guys right now. Yeah, man. Hey, that's all I've got for uh for the NFL. Those are all the games that I wanted to touch on too. So I loved it, man. Today we talked a little baseball, talked a little just a just a little sprinkling, just a little salt bay of uh <laughs> politics as well. <laughs> Just a little bit. And uh, yeah, then wrapped it up with some big game. Kirk, you like that Vikings talk. I loved it, man. It was, it was great working with you today. Unbelievable. That's how we go wrap up this show. talking about Kirk and Cousins. I guarantee, I guarantee you heard it here first that they're making the playoffs. And hey, we got a Ed Ruder guarantee. They're in. They're in. Write it down. Okay, Charles. Sir Barkley. Oh, Terrible. man. Terrible. <laughs> Listen, if you guys are listening to this podcast, if you like what you hear, like we have a good time doing this and we hope that you enjoy listening to it and have a good time with us. Make sure you go and follow us on Twitter, SYE Pod. Make sure you go and like our Facebook page and share it. Tell your friends, even if you don't like sports, if you know somebody that does enjoy sports, if you know somebody that enjoys just two great people who just knows what the fuck they're talking about, about everything. Like, like we could literally talk about everything right now and know what we're talking about. Like, we could talk about astrophysics right now and know exactly what we're talking about. That's just correct. Let let's go. get into it. Let's get, let's get our quirk on right now. Exactly. You know I mean? Let's, let's get talk weird. about Lawrence Krauss, right? Let's talk about something from nothing. We could, we could do it all day, whatever exactly. you want. Exactly. This is what we're here for. But, uh, yeah, make sure you go and share our Facebook page and go and like it, Sports Your Enthusiasm Sports Podcast. Um, you know the email, sports your enthusiasm sports podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you are drinking more water. Ruder, let them know. Drink all the water, drink all that healthy water. Wear your mask still because we're not past that shit. Just because we got a new president that's gonna he's gonna wash the stupid out of the carpets. That doesn't mean we can go back to you know not wearing uh masks and, and acting a fool. All right, so be cautious out there, be very careful. Don't lick doorknobs. You know, all the classic advice that I would give to anyone in any situation that still applies. All right. We're very excited as a nation. We're moving on, but let's, let's behave ourselves still. All right. That's yeah. my behave yourself. That's my <laughs> advice for the week. Uh, my advice for the week. Don't go to Oregon anytime soon. Cause uh, they about to get it rocking. Yeah, seriously. They, they just about to do everything. They, huh? they about to do all the drugs. 
They're about to do all the drugs. They're gonna, those, they're gonna have even more new uniforms on those Oregon Ducks pretty soon. All kinds of wacky colors and tie dye and shit. It's gonna get, it's gonna get fucking real. It's gonna get real weird, bro. <laughs> Shout out to Oregon. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Take care. Yeah.